hundred percent. Like I've had a Nalgene since I was in college because I went to New England hippie bullshit college. So we were like on that shit already 25 years ago. And well, had, I like, a string of them since. <laughs> did you guys see that tweet that was like, you know, at what point did like students and teachers start bringing water bottles, like giant water bottles to class? Because like even when I was in it pro- I probably oh. didn't take a water bottle to like a big water bottle to school until I was in high school, probably. And I definitely feel like I had headaches all the time as a child. Like I, I think was, we were all dehydrated. Yeah. No, I was absolutely dehydrated until the age of 18. Because that was when I went away to college <laughs> and everybody had an allergy. So I was like, oh, this is probably a good idea. And that was when I started taking voice lessons seriously and stuff. And it was like, um, you can't, that's bad. You need you need to be yeah. hydrated. The answer yeah, definitely to- like spent my entire childhood dehydrated. Yes. Because you ha- if you wanted water, you had to go to the water fountain and it was the like count to three and then you had to move so that the person after you could get to the water fountain. Yes. So we were drinking like three ounces of water at a time. Like and twice that- a day. Yeah, like twice a day. <laughs> there is your answer. Uh, the novel coronavirus was responsible for one good change. Uh, kids bringing their water bottles Oh, that's, with them to school. that's a good point. Wow, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, no, that makes sense. So, and it's really probably just like a better idea, widely speaking. Like the the three ounces at a time twice a day was was not cutting it. Like, so, uh, like that in a carton of milk is not sufficient hydration. Yes, ten hours milk. Okay, I've got. I'm just going to do some more free advertising for Kenyu Forex because you guys are going to laugh at this, like, description. Um, So today I'm drinking the – outside of my giant water bottle, I'm drinking the Kenyu Forex Light Wave Bev. Um, And I'm just going to read you the description because it's amazing. Sparkling notes of lavender vanilla, smoked sea salts, and passion flower meet mind-calming ingredients to mellow you out and help you transcend stress. Think naked forest bathing at midnight. Chill for conscious connection. <laughs> I love these people. A new fragrance. Thank you, Bella Hadid. Terry Botas. Right. Uh, this, is a, this is so Terry Botas coded. You are so right. Ex- extremely military. Um, it does make me think of, I remember as a child, my mom and I used to talk about how if we could have any job we wanted, we both kind of wanted to be the person who named lipstick. <gasps> that was me with nail polish. So, very, exactly. Same vibe. Where it's just like the names that they would come up with, especially I think in the 80s and 90s, were so redonkulous. <laughs> and it was like, I'm going to get an English degree and I'm going to do that for a living. And I kind of sort of do just in a totally different different industry, but like I guess it's basically the same career path. Yeah, hundred percent. I love that. Well, we had a um, a funny moment in our group chat this morning that I I can't wait to debrief with all of you, which is that I mean, there's so much to say about this. Charles 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 Leclerc re-signed his contract with Ferrari this morning. Which let's just start by saying the video is yeah. insane. He looks like he's um, being- <laughs> hang on, hang on, Addy. Hang on. Let me let it me. It looks pop like a proof of life video. 
Let me yeah, let's okay. Let's let Jesse. Let's let Jesse crack his can open Probably here. Start this. I'm Jesse from the internet. This is the Casual Die Hard Podcast. You've already heard Brit and Addy from the internet. We're into this off the bat because that's just how we roll. Um, Addy, what did Charles Leclerc do? <laughs> he re-signed with uh-huh. Ferrari, which naturally, look, I am I am a casual texter. I have my phone set in all lowercase. I love a I love a letter U versus the Y O U. I I love I love to shoot off a quick text. I n- I do not put my heart and soul into the grammar of my text messages. So naturally, I fire off a text this morning to the Vroom Vroom chat that says Charles resigned this morning. <laughs> You know, for a second, I was like, good for you, King. <laughs> I <know. There. laughs> Oh, I wasn't concerned so much as somewhat excited for his, uh... Oh, I mean... Newfound boundaries and, uh, self-actualization. What makes it even funnier is I said, Charles resigned, R.I.P. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about the R.I.P. <laughs> I mean... Uh, yeah, Jesse. Jesse. Oh God. Says hyphens are important. I, I, I mean, truly, a, a hyphen changes everything. There. This is a completely yeah. different story of a man with no boundaries. <laughs> a man who has learned absolutely nothing. Oh, God bless. Uh, in the words of Jack Reacher, details matter. Details. Details are matter. <laughs> the, the devil is in the details. I mean. Oh my God. I mean, literally the video could be a resignation video. Like it was, it was, he looks dead in the eyes. It is so funny. He's like, I, like, I can't believe nobody was like, hey, let's have a moment of like something celebratory or happy. Like clearly the vibe they're going for is like, they're clearly going for this vibe that's like, he's a, a very serious Ferrari driver. And he just looks... He looks dead in the eyes. He's like, it has been my dream to drive for Ferrari ever since I was a child watching the red car in Monaco. <laughs> yeah, no, his his soul was left somewhere in the Dolomites during his training, and that is that is the end of it. I think my favorite part about the RAP, aside from the fact that like none of us questioned it even remotely, is that so uh, the Ferrari Instagram the other day was teasing, I think they're joining some, like, speedboat racing league or something. Sure. So they tease, it's some bullshit teaser thing with, like, waves. And all of, all of the replies, like, waves. the replies, yeah, are like, the waves are our tears. (laughs) Every reply is some variation of that. And I'm just like, we are not well as a group. The waves were were so funny because to me, it also felt like they saw what McLaren did recently 
and they were like, oh, wait, we have to – we need to do something cool. But instead of right. like no, doing you don't. all McLaren, they just left all their posts up and then posted like literally I think like 12 pictures of waves all at once. <laughs> right. Guys, I separate oh, post. Hell. Oh, it, my God. It did made out the tease of an unprecedented announcement to which I was like, guys are going to have a strategy? <laughs> Coming this year? Uh, are you going to not get your doors blown off down the streets by the Red Bull? Have you considered mm. that option? Okay. Mm. All right. Oh, by God. the way. Okay. So the topic that I proposed for today's episode, yeah, we have a little bit of a plan. Are we going to stick to it? Absolutely not. Are we going to have a great time? For sure. Um, but the topic that I proposed today was that we do a little bit of – we discuss what the podium of off-season activity is for these drivers, which ultimately is kind of the podium of off-season posting. Um, you know, general general activity. Let me just say that I know who is in last place, and it's the Visa Cash App Racing Bowls. What the actual fuck is that? V-carb. Uh, so, like, uh, like, we all had a big laugh about Kick Sauber Steak F1 team. We were like, this is the worst team name in history. And the Visa Cash App Racing Bulls were like, hold my Red Bull. <laughs> yeah. Not a great time to be an announcer. Uh no. <laughs> that was my very first thought was like Martin Brundle's voice being like, the Visa Cash App Racing Bowl goes through the seven middle. Like, what? <laughs> what are we going to do here? My favorite part, though, is going to be, so you know how like when they drive through the little intros and stuff for like the like drive to survive videos or like during media day or whatever. Yeah, They're yeah. going to make Yuki say that entire thing. And it's going to be hilarious because he's going to be so offended by it. Like he's not going to be here for this bullshit at all. He's like, fuck it. Like what? I'm not going to say all that. It's, it's so inevitably true. going to be funny. It's so Yuki true. Sonoda, and- ball so hard university. Yeah, yes, exactly. Exactly. Cause it, it just reminds me of one time. I think it was, um, it must have been in one of the seasons of Drive to Survive, and I don't remember which one. They had Lewis doing that, and Lewis was like, what the fuck is the full name of this team? He, he was like, AMG, I don't, fucking Mercedes, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I'm trying to find this. Oh, go ahead, Jesse. No, Mercedes does have a long-ass stupid name, and everybody just calls it Mercedes. I'm sure that there will be, like, I think it's just going to be steak. Or skate is it steak or skate? Who cares? I think Skate F one team. I'm trying to find this clip. Okay, here it is. Stand by. Let me, let me know if this plays well. Like it'll be Visa the way that it's Red Bull. Yeah, I think that's fair. I, I, I mean, okay, so, um, okay, so this is. Let's talk about a man who really does have contention for the podium here which is Valtteri Bottas on on Australian television being asked about the new team name. Have you guys seen this? I have not, but I'm excited. Okay, I'll play it. I'll send you guys the link. Was that deliberately difficult to remember and say? Like, (laughs) is that the intention? Can you remind me what's the name again? (laughs) 
And me, what's the name again? <laughs> I mean, love him. Oh my love god, I love him so much. Yeah, you just you gotta love him. And and I mean, let's just let's just talk briefly while we're on the subject of Valtteri about what he has been up to and and posting, which is like. A, um, he dyed the mullet bleach blonde. Which is so good. Incredible. Necessary. Necessary. For sure. Character-wise, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, for the plot, for sure. Needed a spark, yeah. And then it appears that basically all he has – sorry, now my Instagram sound is on. It appears that basically all he has done otherwise is uh, bike with his professional biker girlfriend and – Go to the beach. Which I love for him. I love it. And he put out a calendar of his butt. He put out a calendar of his butt, which I'm looking at right now. Hanging right above my laptop. Love that. The only other person. February. Yeah, I know. I'm actually really excited because I don't know what's next. I I looked through it all when I got it and uh, when Jesse sent it to me. And... I looked through it all, but I don't remember what's coming. So I'm just thrilled to to be able to turn the page soon. Um, the only other person who seems to – I mean, the only other – the only – I'm not going to say the other because Valtteri is not normal. The only normal person on the entire grid who, again, is in podium contention here is Oscar Piastri, who appears to be having – the most normal summer. <laughs> it's winter, but it's there like summer summer vibes. Like just hanging out. He's just chilling. It's adorable. It's adorable. And and again, as a, on a character level, uh, such a necessary element of the grid to just yeah. have like the competent normal one looking at everyone else like, who are you? Well, What's the other wrong thing with you? The other thing is that like, look, obviously – Charles is everything to me. He deserves podium contention here. He deserves podium contention in all F1 events. Um, But his socials during the break have been, even more than normal, very clearly produced by a team. Like, very, you know, all of these, like, skiing pics and the ice cream and the California vlog and the, like, all of it is so clearly produced in a way that, like, I don't care. Like, Sh- Charlotte doesn't have to run his own Instagram. He's a fucking Formula One driver. But it is so fun to see Oscar and you're like, yeah, this man is running his own Instagram. <laughs> Do you think Charles has his own Instagram that he uses? Just, like, not the one that's going out there. Like, does he have a Finsta? I was just going to say. <laughs> um, I think he absolutely does. And I think yeah. more I think more professional athletes and celebrities, celebrities than I think we probably realize, too. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, you can also just be Adam Adovino and just have a, a fucking Finsta that is literally just Adam Adovino private or something like that. I'm like, you're so dumb. I'm like, I love you. You're ridiculous, but I love you. Oh, that's so good. That's basically what I'm at because I had Jesse Spector and it's like all years of like 
kid pics and stuff. And now I want to be a little bit more public and like post clips from our show. So it's Jesse dot specter is the public one. And my regular one is private. And I just learned the term Finsta. Uh, you haven't heard of Finsta clues. before. Fake no. Insta. Huh. I, I was thinking family. Family Insta. <laughs> that, that does also work. I guess it does. I guess it does. Although I would say the point of many Finstas is that your family does not have the ability to see them. Yeah, that is mm. true. That is true. I will not blow this person up by name, but I have a dear friend who had a Finsta that was just her – it was for her cooking while she was high and she would just make it. She would just make videos, like stories of her, like putting, oh like God. making a recipe while she's high. But because she was high, she would like make, she would like basically like put onions in a pan and then like forget that she was recording the recipe and like abandon it. <laughs> <laughs> and this caused like multiple problems, one of which is people were like, stop, like you can't just like post onions and then like, and then, like, not anything else, if this is what you're, like, trying to do here. And her aunt followed it and told her mom that she was high all the time because she was posting on the high cooking Instagram a lot. <laughs> and, uh, you know, really an object lesson, lesson there in Finstas. I was like, girl, you got to lock that shit down. You got you to gotta approve anyone that you want on that account. And it, it, that's, that's the value of a Finsta. Yep. Wow. I Who is saying that you can't do that with onions? What business Well you is can, you can, but everyone was you like You absolutely she, can. No, every she Just would the start, shit out of those things. Let's she go. She would start the recipe, she would like put the onions in the pan and be like, I'm gonna show you guys what I'm cooking step by step, and then would do nothing else. Like she wouldn't post anything more. <laughs> okay, so Ferrari at certain races. This is this is F one content. It really, oh god, it so is. It so is. So, Brit, Jesse, and I talked about this a little bit when we had Parker on, <clears throat> but we were talking about like you know you know, and we've we talked about this in in other contexts. Like, part of the value of you know, of being a sports fan is is the hope and believing that every year is your year. Um, how do you feel about Ferrari going into the 2024 season? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> this is the problem, right? Is I think it's a little bit like, I don't even want to say it's like being a Mets fan. I think it's probably like being a Cubs fan, like pre-2016. Mm-hmm. Where like, you you wanna go into it with that vibe, but it's like a a real uphill battle to uh, get yourself to that place. Yeah, you have it's... to you have to really touch into a a, a place of a. Uh, I feel more delusional than I've ever felt about sports when I'm like, no, it's gonna be a great year for Ferrari. <laughs> it's a yeah, different vintage Mets. It's still it's still very Mets. It's not so much current Steve Cohen Mets, but oh, and not pre-Bernie pre Madoff Will Pond, mm. where like yeah, they're 
they're going for it. They are trying. They're trying hard. They're doing stuff, and it is not going to work. And you can see that. <laughs> but maybe did it work for any of those other teams before? No, but maybe it will for us. What's interesting about Formula One is, you know, whereas with the Mets, I really cheer for the laundry, right? Like I want the Mets as a baseball organization to make good choices and sign good players and build a good team. Whereas with Formula One, I feel like it's it's much less that like I, you know, I obviously I consider myself a Ferrari fan. I, I you know. Even if you say you're not a Ferrari fan, you're a Ferrari fan, as, as Sebastian Vettel says. But like, Thanks, Seb. ultimately, it is Charles that I care about. And to see Ferrari, like Ferrari has made a very, very, very wise move as a team to lock down Charles Leclerc. And it is the sort of, it's like re-signing your ace pitcher. Like, obviously, Ferrari should re-sign Charles and it's a great choice. And unlike, you know, when the Mets sign a great starting pitcher or whatever, I'm much more concerned for Charles. <laughs> like my heart is much more like, is he going to be okay? Is this the right decision for him? You know, in a way that I'm not with Jacob DeGrom. Like I want Jacob DeGrom to be a Met. End of story. Fuck. He's David Wright. He's fucking David Wright. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Damn it. David Wright. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, ouch. That hurts to consider. Yeah, no, that, that hurts. I mean, complimentary all around, but oh, also sympathetically. Yeah. That's... Because he wants nothing more than to make it work and make it work here. Yep. And and gosh, if everything isn't just stacked up against him, except that like maybe there's one glimmering moment of possibility there, and that's what you're striving for. And that's... Right. Ferrari 2024, striving for one <laughs> glimmering moment where it's actually a possibility. Dude, I mean, even in the video that they released this morning, you know, Charles is like dead in the eyes and he's like, now it's time for my dream. <laughs> uh. Being a Norfolk, Virginia policeman. <laughs> oh, Charles my God. Not a cop. It hurts so bad. Well, speaking of the Ferraris. You know, I'm not necessarily, I don't know, I'm not necessarily convinced that this is podium level behavior, but our other, our other man in red, Carlos Mm -hmm. Sainz, has been, has been doing some good content. There's been a lot of workout videos, which, you know, I don't mind looking at by any stretch of the imagination. Go with what works. Go with what works. He's really been, yeah, he's been playing the hits. He's been doing a lot of his workout videos and doing pics with the family. But I did really love um, Carlos Sainz Sr. raced at Dakar, uh, like, last week, I guess, which that's fucking amazing, by the way. Like, Carlos Sainz Sr. is, like, 70 years old. (laughs) 
And that's like a really intense race. And um, Carlos Sainz Jr. was really doing some very sweet father-son content and surprised him at the race. And, you know, I I thought all of that was – I thought all of that was quite nice. Um, I'm not going to say podium level, but honorable mention at least. I would like to give a special shout-out to a a certain – part of Carlos regimen here, which is in the workout picks and videos, when he is doing something that is working on improving his hand-eye coordination, like Carlos signs giving his 007 look and like intense glare to giant Jenga <laughs> is amazing. Dude, I mean, you're so right. This sport is so stupid. Like, the workouts make me laugh so hard. It's just them, like, it's like them playing with, like, cat toys, like, hitting lights, like, really fast, like, grabbing balls. It's, like, literally how we play with the cats. And then it's, like, them doing their, like, insane, like, neck workouts where they just, like. The the neck strengthening is the most insane-looking thing. It's crazy. It's so funny. No, you're absolutely right. And so then to see someone who's just like so handsome and like really giving his all, like it's hilarious. It just is so – you got to love him. God love him, man. I'm playing intense – this isn't ping pong. This is training <laughs> table tennis. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, got like – a paddle in each hand and then one in his mouth to work on the neck strengthening and he's hitting five different ping pong balls at once. It's so funny. It's like, yeah, it's like what other sport? And then like they can't they they can't work out their lower body that much because like if apparently at one point Vettel was actually told to stop biking. I can't believe they let Valtteri just like bike a bazillion miles because his legs were like getting too big and they like want them to be like tight and tiny for the car. And it's just right. so like it so it just like creates the most bizarre workouts. It's so funny to me. And you can see the calendar. Valtteri has uh managed to maintain not a huge ass despite all that cycling. Well, what's fun is that in pretty much every picture of the ass, he's fully flexing. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> January 1 is him hugging a giant stuffed bear, like, full squeeze of the glutes. <laughs> oh, my God. He was not going to show hole on the calendar. I mean, let's... Uh... No, you're so right. There's, that's, a, that's a multi-purpose glute squeeze. oh my god this is why this is why we'll never be like accepted into the formula one media stage because like the minute that they like let us into the paddock i'm gonna be like valtteri did you squeeze your ass so you didn't show hole on the calendar or was it or was it to make your ass look bigger (laughs) oh my god I mean, you are probably pretty clenched when you're in that F1 seat. Yeah. It's very true. I feel like you'd have to be. I went go-karting three times while I was home for the holidays because 
amazingly, um, a a go-kart, like an indoor electric go-kart place opened up like 10 minutes from my parents' house. So I was like, obviously, we're doing this every day. Um, the first time that we went – I can't remember if I've talked about this on the podcast. The first time that we went um, – I got full on last place, like out of everyone, including my mother, all respect to my mother, but her, her like racing name was Grand Cam. So like, you know, (laughs) I got full last place because I was on this whole thing trying to, I was fully trying to like use the brakes correctly, like hit the apex of the turn and like brake and then gas and like. We finish up and everyone's like, why on earth were you breaking? Like, full send it the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> so I make everyone come back. In the end, I took, I think, 26 seconds off of my my race time. Um, oh, my God. I was really impressed with myself for because eventually – so the second time we went, I didn't use the brake at all, but I would, like, you know, lift off of the acceleration a little bit. And I took a lot of time off. I didn't get last place. I got second to last that time. And then I was – then everyone was like, no, like we meant it. Like you literally just full send through the corners. Like you have to go for it. So third time we go, I like full send it, got my best time. And um, this track is pretty cool. It's like a two-level go-karting track. It's actually the biggest indoor track in North America, randomly. Again, huh. like 10 minutes from my parents' house. Um, and uh, the carts can go up to about 40 miles an hour. Wow. And so, I mean, it feels it feels like kind of freaky. Like you're, you're exposed. You're going like 40 miles an hour feels really fast. And like – it's like tiring. Like they're and they're 10 minute races. They're 10 minute races. They're like quality style. So you're you're you place based on your fastest lap that you can do in 10 minutes. And the laps are like, you know, a really fast lap is like a minute. I was by the end getting like a minute six seconds. Um and it really was like I was fully sore the next day. Like I was like clenching my hip flexors. I was like my arms were like so like tightly engaged the whole time and I'm like I'm going 40 miles an hour for 10 minutes like the, the it really did give me the the very slightest sense of how truly exhausting it is to be in these cars going 200 miles an hour for two fucking hours and everything about the sport is so crazy intense and i i love the idea of just picturing you like doing out laps so that you can really set yourself up for the hot lap at the go-kart track while everybody else is just full said for the entire 10 minutes i literally was i literally was i'm like on an out lap and also no one told me that they were 10 minute races i thought we had like 15 20 minutes so i did like multiple out laps before i'm like ready for my hot lap and the race is over. And I was furious. I was such a bad loser the first time. <laughs> I was literally having such a bad attitude. I was being so sore about it. It was, it was, it was really, but I will say it was fun as hell. Like it was so cool and it was so enjoyable to like get a little bit better at it. And then 
when I really like got into it and was full sending through the corners, there's this one part of the track that's like a full S bend and then you head up a hill and then shoot back down and it was like thrilling to me. It was like stomach butterflies. Like it was awesome. It was so fun. We should all go go go-karting sometime. We should all meet in Utah and go go (laughs) go-karting. If we're going to Utah, I would also like to request the Alpine slide for our just pull back on the throttle experience. Oh my uh, God. The Alpine slide yes. is so fun. Wow. I haven't thought about the Alpine slide in so long, but I, we, we did that a few times when I was a kid. It's fun as shit. Yeah. I once did, uh, cause I do embrace the full throttle at all times, uh, approach to it. Uh, we did one in Colorado and I went fucking flying over a curve and, uh, tore up my whole arm and it was completely worth it. Uh, my dad cracked a couple ribs the second time that we went go-karting because um we were with my younger sister and her friend and my sister's friend like kind of fast stopped in front of my dad and in an attempt not to hit her my dad turned into the wall and Mm. like the impact my dad's a mountain biker he breaks ribs like every other week like i don't like you know but he like fully cracked some ribs (laughs) go-karting Jeez. So so it was really fun, guys. We should totally do it. <laughs> I'm I'm for it. I'm undeterred. And I was like, talk about just the intensity of the athleticism of it. I know F1 doesn't have refueling, but I was amazed that there was even pushback on this in NASCAR. They they adjusted the things. They adjusted some of their rules a little bit heading into this season. And one of the things they did was made the gas cans lighter, either by like having less gas in like a, it's a smaller gas can so that a smaller person can be part of the NASCAR, you know, pit crew. And Mm -hmm. it doesn't, not everything has to like, this is more of a position that's about your quickness and your precision. It doesn't also necessarily have to be about your strength. Sure. Naturally people are complaining about it. Yeah, of course. Because this is going to mean, because this is going to mean that more women can be in the pit crews. (laughs) Right. Ah, and I saw the, the pushback that I saw was from a woman fueler who was like, do not make this about, uh, letting more women in because I am a woman and I do this job and it was still like no but that's not the point in general it, then you will be one of the best if you are doing it now right. yeah I mean all I, credit to her I don't know like I, I will say yeah no <laughs> I mean I mean, do, do that talk your shit stand on business <laughs> Right, but, but like we're it, it, it's been a week um, in in feminist spaces. I think of kind of missing the forest for the trees. Um, oh boy! <laughs> oh boy, has it? <laughs> Margot to the poles. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Jesse, are are NASCAR drivers and NASCAR teams like? posters in the way that Formula One characters are? I need to get into this more. And there is um, somebody who I want to invite on the show to ask about it specifically, because I have a 
have a couple of NASCAR mutuals for some reason. Um, they should come on. hang out. I want to talk NASCAR. Yeah, let's do that. Let's get that done. Uh, who else is – so who is on your podium, Addie? Okay, so I'll say my podium – Like, so so I, I was just going to mention the other person who is – well, there's two other people I want to mention here who are really slaying for really different reasons. One is Lando Norris. This man is on an absolute adventure. He has been to like 15 countries. He's gotten a serious tan. He is posting – so many photo dumps of him looking like cool as hell in like Bali and then like he's in the mountains and then like Lando's living his best life and I'm really happy for him. He's given us some really great content. Um, I, I, I think Lando may be podium fringe for me. Um, the other person who's also podium fringe for one reason and one reason only is George Russell because this man – is somehow hanging out with Fernando Alonso for New Year's Eve. Like that alone. I have so many questions. I have so many questions. It's the second New Year's Eve in a row that Fernando, George, and George's girlfriend have gone to the club together. Like, And it specifically seems like, I can't remember like exactly why, but it's like, it's clear from George's posts that like they're choosing to go there together it's not like they're running into each other at the club right and that's the funniest thing is that last year people were like did they just run into each other or like it's so funny like are they friends do they talk (laughs) i guess so what i mean what if they just have a standing agreement to spend New Year's Eve together and don't talk? The, like, they just catch up on New Year's it. Eve. That's it. Bro, how was the year? He did <laughs> right. have a serendipitous run-in with Sebastian Vettel on the ski slopes the other Which day. Which was adorable. Very cute. That one makes a lot of sense to me. Like, I can see Vettel and George, which that did seem to be a run-in. But I could see them having, like, a friendship and a relationship. I think especially because Seb is sort of what he, especially, you know, before he retired, he was very much like the big brother of the group and like the dad of the group where he was clearly like doting on the younger ones. Yeah. It's cute. In a way that like Fernando is not. (laughs) No, not at all. Like totally opposite vibes that way. But Um, I will say the man who, oh, go ahead, Jesse. (laughs) The, the vibes that Fernando does have, I think that he might see a little bit of himself like, oh, George Russell, that's like a young me. I could see that. He's like, yeah. boy. <laughs> I got some ideas for you. You could blackmail <laughs> your own team. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, my God. You blackmail your own team and tell them that you're going to tell the FIA about cheating that you helped them with, that the FIA is already aware of. <laughs> what an icon what a man god the sport is so ridiculous it's so stupid i love it so much so i i will say my final my final uh, my final podium contender is the one the only sir lewis hamilton this man has really he has not done too much grid posting which a lot of the other drivers are like really posting on the grids Lewis has done two posts, last I checked, two posts on his actual grid since the end of the season. One is him skydiving, which 
he's like a very experienced skydiver, which I'm very obsessed with and makes a lot of sense. Like this man does not, he is not like attached to a skydiving instructor. He's jumping out of a plane by himself. And then he posted a video of his dog, Roscoe. And then I'm I'm sure I've missed some of the Instagram stories, but mostly it's just like he's suddenly this week, he's in Paris for Paris Fashion Week looking Unfucking believable. He looks so good. He's the looks are amazing. He looks gorgeous, and he's just like you know, he's just Lewis Hamilton. And and to me, that sense of he doesn't need to he doesn't need to produce. He doesn't need the Charles Leclerc like constant content production team. All he needs <clears throat> to do is like get up in the morning and go outside, and like it's a sleigh. It's such a sleigh. I I really love it. And so I think my podium, I mean, shocker, guys. I think my winner is Charles. I love the constant content. I'm very happy to see it. We haven't even mentioned the charity soccer game, which was just like full of gems. He held a baby. I was just going to say, the baby at the soccer game. He held the baby, like that alone. He held the baby at the soccer game. And he there's like these amazing shots of him. There was like a gymnastics performance at the soccer game, I guess. There's these, like, amazing shots of Charles looking so confused. He gets a cramp and, like, falls on the ground dramatically. Like, the charity soccer game alone. So first is first is Charles for all of that. Like, just the constant content, all of it funny, all of it sexy, all of it great. Oh, and he got that crazy haircut at the start of the offseason. Yes. Now, oh, my God. Now that it's grown out, I think it looks really good. I think he's yeah, looking I like good. it now that it's grown out. Fantastic. Second place for me, Oscar Piastri for the absolute other end of the spectrum. A man just running his own socials, living his normal life. And third place is Lewis Hamilton for just serving cunt every single day. <laughs> what about you guys? Where, where do you guys fall on these uh, podiums? I, I like that. I, I think... I want to know if Charles' haircut was his own idea or if this is another example of Ferrari chief strategist Carlos Sainz um, <laughs> putting his teammate in position for success. I mean, he really is oh Ferrari chief, Ferrari's chief strategist. It's so real. You got to love what him What is that. the haircut? It's on purpose. <laughs> Oh my god. Um well I I agree with uh Charles and, and Oscar for sure, Addie, I think. Uh, I just love Oscar's whole I just love his whole thing because it is it is somehow very similar to but also like the opposite end of the spectrum from Danny in that they're both like they're just fairly normal in their way and did not have these absolutely unhinged um like stage parent caught you know at a insane cart race in somewhere in Europe every weekend of their life from the age of six like just just like mildly well adjusted which is a rare treat I know. Audience. I agree. It's so weird. He seems like he seems like you could have a normal conversation with him. Right. He seems like you could ask him about like, I don't know, like soccer or something. And he would like just like have a conversation like a normal person. 
He um, is also he's like a he, he was really standing the Australian cricket team, which I love. Precious. Loved that. Yeah, adorable. Um so definitely Oscar. Uh I'm I have two candidates for my remaining spot and I kind of can't pick between them and they're both like mildly shady picks, but I'm going with it anyway. Oh, that's that's great. Um my first one is Logan Sargent. Because that man Okay, first of all, speaking of like produced content, like how how much of a crew did you have for those there, buddy? Uh, um, second, the absolute shamelessness. I just it's it's uh it's aspirational, frankly. Just absolutely no no shame, no pride. Full full send, like I'm just gonna do whatever I have to do to get attention. So and really appreciate him leaning into his uh, "what if you put a frat boy in a race car" situation. I, I, I you're so right, Britt. I love it. I'm so glad to like see his personality, and I'm really glad that his personality is exactly what we thought it was. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. My my other candidate is is Pierre Gasly because. No human has ever hard launched a girlfriend harder. He he started posting pictures with this new girlfriend like during the season. And then the second the season was over, it was like, would you like another picture of us making out? Here you go. And it's like, Pierre, buddy, buddy. I mean, they're- I love it, but also are you okay? Beautiful. Like, <laughs> they're oh yeah, beautiful. they're gorgeous. It's almost and, offensive. And I'll give Pierre this. Well, basically the only other thing he's posted is that he had that, that, that like, go-karting event with Yuki where they yes. were at the go-karting event. Which was adorable. Content. We got some really good content out of that as well. We did. We did. And he was at something or other with Charles, like, always. That's that's not surprising at all. I just can't remember, can't remember what it was. But, they, you know, it's them. They're always vaguely They're in the vicinity. I of love that for them. I do not have anything to add now that uh, Britt has uh, taken my favorite uh, moment of the maybe my favorite moment of the off season. Uh, hi, I'm Logan. Welcome to Abercrombie. <laughs> no, yes. Oh my god, I forgot about the Abercrombie Spawn Con. Oh, oh god, the Abercrombie Spawn Con is like so central to this for me because that's it's a big incredible. part of like. That's a huge part of like, oh my god! Like, of course, Logan Sargent should have a deal with Abercrombie. It's like the most obvious pairing ever when you think about it. The merch is sick, actually. Like, it I is really them. good. What I also love is that um, the Williams official team account has decided to lean in to Logan Sargent thirst trapping. Um, I believe we discussed this one in the group chat, but when they uh, just posted uh-huh. it, literally, like, and here's the thing for me. Just no context whatsoever. <laughs> literally no context. It's just shirtless Logan Sargent, like, in a pair of swim trunks, and the caption just says, you're welcome, winky face. <laughs> it's like, like they looked yeah. at the Ferrari admins and were like, we can go harder. <laughs> They're like, Ferrari, Venus de Milo, us, Mons Venus. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and the 
my God. Once again, is that like, I still don't find him that sexy. Like it just is. I think it is that he's a he's he's an American frat boy, and and it just right. like I don't. That's not my type. That's not my no. thing. But it's so funny to see that F one thirstified. And it's particularly funny because sometimes you see people in the comments who are obviously European and it's like, oh, this is watching this is like when you must watch Americans like get all hot and bothered over like a British accent. Yeah. I'm like, yes. I'm like, okay, I get how weird this is now. Like, that's so real. This is confusing and uncomfortable. I'm like, you guys know he's from Florida, right? (laughs) Right. Right. Like, let's let's be my, real about what my partner's from is. Florida. I love a man from Florida. But it's funny to see that in the F1 world. It's so funny. There's it's, nothing wrong yeah. with F1 having a Backstreet Boy. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, 100%. 100%. Okay. So also something fantastic that if you guys didn't see, I'll, I'll send it to you. My sister, my sister directed me to this. Uh, the official F1 account a few weeks ago posted what was clearly tidbits from the like filming shoot for the new F1 intro for next year. Mm. And, um, you know, there's a lot of like – there's a lot of them like standing around, like holding a helmet, like smiling. And it's a whole bunch of the drivers. There's a whole bunch of tidbits. And like in the middle of it, there's George. And he's like crouching on the ground. Like, oh, my like, God. Really? Like he's like like – cooking something and like all the comments are like let george cook let george cook <laughs> oh my god i can't wait for the oh. intro oh my god i can't wait to see it nothing is really more backstreet boys coded than the intro no i really appreciate that both george and formula one as an entity have accepted that he is a meme now like yeah. Like there's no everybody's just on board with this being what happens, and so I I really just hope that they take it upon themselves to like continue to one up whatever absurdity he can come up with from we year need to year. it so bad. There was or a video somebody else has to become like there is a new person every year who has to be the one. I think it can be George, and I think I I imagine a scene where. There's a 30 Rock scene where Liz Lemon is is explaining to Jenna like they're doing it. You know, never, never take the props. They're always going to use the silly the silly image in <laughs> in the magazine photo shoot. Yes. Um, you know, I can picture like Lewis Hamilton in the Liz Lemon role being like, "Look, this is the intro for next year. We got to take it real serious. This is going to represent <laughs> us and Mercedes." For all this Lewis Hamilton impression, it's so good. <laughs> right. And George being like, got it. And the next thing you see is he's got like a rubber chicken in his hand and he's sticking out his tongue and he's like got a giant lollipop. So Mercedes official account even posted this incredible video that was like a, a TikTok of a girl doing like you know, really, really ridiculous poses being like ideas for George next year, like for, for the <laughs> intro. 
and they posted George reacting to them and it's so fucking funny. He's like, these are some good ideas. <laughs> oh my God. Of course he is. Of but course he is. speaking of the props, do you guys remember that video before that, that they used as like Vegas promo where like everyone had like one prop and then they cut to Charles and he has like a wig, a boa, a sequin dress. Yes. <laughs> he would, he would Only so- one. He would so like had him react to it, and he was like, "I literally thought everyone had all the same things." Oh God! It's the entire uh, costume box. Take take a costume. Oh, okay, all of it. Yeah, all right. Um, I I want Charles <laughs> to continue to bring that spirit to uh, to the racetrack. Uh, all <laughs> everything full all send all the time. Oh. I mean, I will say I I just – this sport does so much. The fact that we have this short offseason is really fantastic. Like, it, the way that even they build in the offseason of, like, the livery reveals and the way the drivers are, like, you know, being fucking insane, as we've discussed with all their posting. <laughs> yeah. And, like – and then the off season is like three months and drive to survive comes out in like less than a month. And then we have like two weeks and then the season starts again. Like it's really the gift that keeps on giving. The, the livery calendar reminds me that they posted one, you know, they posted the calendar again the other day and everybody, but Haas is on it. <laughs> They're just like, I, I don't know. A, a car will show up at some point. Oh my god! Everybody uh, but Haas. That's so real. Like, I, I tweeted our friend Katie because she had shared. I was like, maybe Tony Stewart could show up in the old number fourteen Chevy Impala. What's stopping him? <laughs> Dude, what's stopping him? Two thousand nine Haas vehicle. Let's go. So Tony, funny. go out there. Yeah. Just... You know. I mean, why not? I will yeah. say, I, I one storyline I'm interested in generally is um, the Visa Cash App Racing Bowls obviously <laughs> are going to be like the word on the street is, aka the word in the F1 media that that everyone's been saying is that they're going to be working more closely with Red Bull next year. Which how this isn't like a rules violation, I don't understand, but like yeah. what do I know. Um, they're going to be using more Red Bull parts. They're going to be like, uh, uh, like people think that this can be a like huge jump for the Visa Cash App Racing Bowls. I think I think I'm always going to say the full name. Actually, it's it's so stupid that it's like it. You, you have to say it out loud. But you know. What this means – so so then Haas already was in last place. They lose Gunther, who is, if nothing else, entertaining and gets them, like, an amount of earned media. Right. Like, what happens now to this, like, at the, the kind of, like, bottom-of-the-barrel teams? Like, Visa Cash App Racing Bulls kind of shoot to midfield, let's assume, and then kick Sauber stake F1 team and – Haas, like, just are they just gonna? Is it just gonna be like uh, an absolute bloodbath? Like, are they gonna score any points this year? Oh, probably not. <clears throat> I think points. 
a point I think, here and there. I think last year yeah, was so mind-bendingly chalky, even by F1 standards. Like, there's room for top tens, especially with, like, if if you can catch it, that you're not the car crashing out, which they most likely will be in most of the races. They sure will. Um, I will say, I'll make a book recommendation. I'm, I'm still reading this, but my partner got me How to Build a Car by Adrian Newey for Christmas. Oh my God, it's mm. so good. Have you, have you read it, Britt? I have. I read Jessie. it uh, last year-ish. It's fantastic. Dude, you got to read it. It's incredible. I have so much respect for Adrian Newey. Um, like, really – what a genius and what a fascinating life and a fascinating story. Um, and the the book I, – I, I keep saying to my boyfriend, like, you know how sometimes when a celebrity writes a book, it's, like, so clear that it wasn't ghostwritten and that's not a compliment? <laughs> yes. <laughs> this book is so clear that it's not ghostwritten and I, it's, like, such a compliment. Like, this man is so smart. The, the book is so well-written. It's like really, I'm I'm learning so much. It's really engaging. Like I'm loving it. I I strongly recommend this book. Thank you to my boyfriend for that gift. I will have to check that out too. Uh, we have not spoken about one other thing from this off season, and I don't know if if you've gotten around to seeing Ferrari yet, Britt. Uh, I know that Addie and I have. Have you? Oh uh, yeah, we did. Have- that is on my agenda for this weekend is to finally actually watch it. Okay, that's great. Okay. We can do a Ferrari debrief next time. I have a lot of feelings it. about it. But we'll we'll, yeah. we'll we'll save them. Um you know, Adam Driver was um not nominated? Nominated? I don't know. Because I didn't pay attention. Yeah, I don't know. I, all I know is that, like, Ryan Gosling was nominated for playing Ken, and Margot Robbie wasn't nominated for playing Barbie, and Greta Gerwig was not nominated for directing Barbie. I don't even know if Barbie was nominated for Best Picture. I assume it was, because I bet that if it wasn't, people would have been even madder. Yeah. Am I correct about that? Um. Okay, so what I was just going to what I was just going to check, um, I, I, I don't, I'm trying to figure out if this happened or not. The person who a thousand bazillion percent deserves to be nominated for that, and, and I cannot figure out in my quick uh, Google search what happened, um, Penelope Cruz, Best Supporting Actress. Holy she shit, fantastic. she's good in that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we will we will talk more about Ferrari next time. Barbie was nominated for Best Picture. Confirming that, I yeah, I gave up on caring about the Oscars the year Titanic won. Yep, whatever. Uh, that was. I don't really care. The only time that I ever saw all the Best Picture nominees, and uh, that was the worst of the five. Yeah, I stand by that. Um, I do. I do feel that we should open the space. Before we close, I want to hold some space for some NFL hot takes. How are we feeling? Um, I'm still nauseous, but that's 
that stated <laughs> from the Niners game. <laughs> well, and now preemptively from the next for the next one. It's just the state of my being. It's fine. <laughs> I did. I did ask my my boyfriend, who's a huge Dolphins fan, the other night. I I was like, is it a relief at all? To just like not, you know, just to let, just to have it over with. And he was like, yeah, of course. Like now I can just like watch the playoffs and like not be scared. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny because the Giants were in the playoffs last year and even that felt like they whatever. Like, <laughs> yeah, they I won a game. That. They beat the Vikings. Wow, in I forgot the that. Wild card spot. Yeah. Daniel Jones had himself a day of being better than Kirk Cousins. Okay, King. Thing that happened. Um, but that didn't like it. Didn't feel real. It didn't feel like they because you knew that they were going to get destroyed the very next week, and they did. Yeah. Um. So I don't envy you, Britt. And no, like, it's scary. Carry, like, football playoff runs are tough because you just got to carry it as a fan for the whole week. Dude, that is scary. And- that is just a, that's scary. And I think part of the problem, too, is just that it's like the stakes feel so high because there's no there's no do over. Right. It's not like a five game or a seven game series yeah. where like if you just absolutely shit the bed on one of them, like unless it's game seven or game five, it's fine. Like, yep. you can come back from that. There's there's no equivalent there in football. So it is just a sense of like you absolutely cannot screw up at all, or you are hard. Oh my god! Like nauseating. Well, I are, are you guys familiar with the conspiracy theory about the the Super Bowl logo? I don't. And the think colors. I am. Yeah, the colors. You know what I'm talking about, Jesse? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Addy. You can explain. Um. That. Well, let me. You might have to help me remember what they were, but basically, um. The last two years, the Super Bowl logo colors have been the colors of the two teams. Let me let me Google. Well, let me Google this and uh, like and the get this Eagles right. last year, there was green in the Super Bowl logo. Super Bowl, which is determined okay. in advance. This logo. year, this year, the colors are purple and red. Got it. Well, so, um. Okay, so it was that in... We're headed for the Vikings against the Patriots in their red throwback somehow. (laughs) Okay, so um, I'm reading this to you from NBCChicago.com for some reason. After a decade of cookie-cutter Super Bowl logos, the NFL brought color back into the design for the 2021 Super Bowl. The logo featured warm red, orange, and yellow tones for the game at SoFi Stadium in Inglewood, California. Decked out in yellow pants, the Los Angeles Rams went on to beat the orange and black Cincinnati Bengals for the title. The next year, the NFL rolled out a colorful desert-themed logo for the Super Bowl in Glendale, Arizona. The Kansas City Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles green were among the hues in the logo, and the Chiefs wound up beating the Eagles to earn their second Super Bowl in four seasons. So... um, you can you can kind of see this image here. This is the first this is the first that I saw of it. I yeah. heard about this weeks ago at this point before <laughs> the playoffs. And they are it's red and purple. And it's like very likely Super Bowl outcome. Niners Ravens? I, I think oh, if they- if it's anything intentional, I think that's absolutely what it is. That like the 
th- that being the matchup would not be surprising. Like, so if you're looking, you know, if you're looking at it way ahead of time and you're looking at the teams and you're like, well, what would be like aesthetically pleasing or like what would, what is most likely to reflect the appropriate teams? Like, that's probably a good guess. Certainly not a bad one. Yeah. And I mean, red isn't enough team. And the thing is, too, is that like red isn't enough teams' color palettes that like picking like red or blue is always a little bit of a safe bet, too, yeah. because you've, you're going to overlap. Like you'll get somebody. Yeah. And I, you know, I just think it's interesting. As they say, as they say in uh, digital media, three's a trend. That's when you can write a trend story about it. And, yeah. um, but it is. You know, there there are there are a host of NFL fans who are like, the NFL is scripted and this is the proof. <laughs> oh yeah, there, there's not been not been a lot of Super Bowls for as many teams as wear red and blue. There's not been a lot of Super Bowls where the teams wore the same color as one another. Would they even allow that? Most of them seem to have they would probably just wear like alternates. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Some, somebody's you gonna wear. wear white anyway. But yeah, you, you. I guess that's fair. We don't really have a. I mean, like it. It never feels like it's a red team versus a red team. Yeah. Hmm. Or hmm. a blue team. I guess Giants Bills was blue versus blue. Yeah. But like, you don't get it very much. Yep. Yep. I mean, obviously, I, I gotta say, I, I would love to see the Niners go all the way at this point. I think I think a Niners Ravens Super Bowl would be fun. I would love to see the Lions. <sighs> honestly, sorry to say it, I think that the Lions would be fun. And with absolutely no disrespect to Taylor Swift, my mother, I am fully anyone but the Chiefs at this point. This is my problem with the Chiefs, right? I I love Travis Kelsey. Patrick Mahomes is a sports mutant and is fun as hell to watch. Um. But oh my god, please stop with the chant. Please stop. Oh my god. Bad. It's, it's bad. So, it's awful. And like, look, it's awful when every other team does it too. Don't get me wrong. This is not unique to the Chiefs. But it does just make it really hard. It's like it's very much the same thing as with the Braves. Is like I like a lot mm-hmm. of the individual players on the Braves right now. Like they're a very likable group by and large. Can't relate. Well, yeah. For for me with no strong and alternative at least rooting interests. Like they're they're mostly a pretty likable bunch. Um they got a bunch but, of dudes that I wanted the Mets to trade for from the A's but that they traded for instead and then right, signed to right. No, but it makes me hate it even more. It's like 1 million dollars a year. 100%. You're still yeah. right, Brit. Like ultimately like I can't talk shit about Spencer Strider. Like you got to love the guy. Right. He's delightful. He's delightful. And I love Max Freed. Um, and yeah, I'm thrilled for Sean Murphy and Matt Alton to have escaped Oakland for greener pastures. Um, but yeah, again, oh my God, the fucking chop. I just it makes me crazy. Stop it. Is, it is both terribly offensive and just fucking annoying. <laughs> yeah. It's like if somebody yeah. was like, what if we took Seven Nation Army and made it racist? Like, it was already bad. You don't need to make it worse. <laughs> Hundo P. Why do I keep saying that today? Hundo P. I got to I gotta mix that out of the <laughs> rotation here. I don't know, but that's, that's who's winning the Super Bowl. I hate it. 
You think the Chiefs are going to win? I think they are. Who do you want to win? I think. Not them. Anyone but the Chiefs? Yeah, really what you just said. Like, I think the Lions would probably make me happiest. It'd be so cute. uh, Yeah, I I would. Then, yeah. Niners and Ravens. I would prefer the Ravens to the Niners just because I would prefer Lamar Jackson get a Super Bowl and we stop having stupid conversations about Lamar Jackson <laughs> than have different kind of stupid conversations about Brock Purdy. I, I want him to get a Super Bowl at some point because he seems pick, cool and like yeah, a nice guy and all that. But like, stupid. I would I would once, be, I would be happy to see Lamar once Jackson. Once he wins, those are gonna sure. be some dumb combos. My I, I would be happy to see Brock Purdy win. Like Brock Purdy and Lamar Jackson are dudes that I would be really happy to see win a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I think they're both easy to root for. I will. I do have a brief Brock Purdy conspiracy theory, though. Oh, hit us with it. Um, so I was. I just happened to you know follow the Niners and whatever on social media. I happened to look at something the other day, and he was Brock Purdy was holding like a autograph football or something. Um, and I, I am. I realized they have the same initials, right? But his signature looks so terrifyingly like Buster Posey's. <gasps> it actually like startled me a little wow. bit <laughs> because I have I have a an autographed bat in my room, so like Thank I you. see Buster's signature fairly fairly That's often. Really impressive that you know exactly what what Buster Posey's it's, signature it's looks concerning. like. We can be honest about that, but yeah, it was like it was like startling. I had to send it to my best friend. Like, oh my god, did you see this? <laughs> Love. So just just appreciate the the weird little baby face goobers showing up and being like, we're going to win. Damn it. <laughs> Did you see the video of uh Brock Purdy? Um, somebody handing him a cowboy's hat and trying to get him to sign it. <laughs> no. Oh my God. <laughs> he refused. <laughs> oh, what a good kid. Uh, I wish him the best. And yeah, it's cool to go into this weekend, not really having, any kind of rooting preference uh be be emotionally with you Britt, but you know i'll, I'll be uh, no okay. and I, and i will say that despite my own agita about it um yeah it, it's kind of nice to go into the last these very last gasps of the season and like i don't totally hate any of the options yeah like, i well, obviously have my yeah. preferences for my personal rooting interests oh. but I'll tell you the position that the Niners are in right now is the 2015 Mets. <gasps> and yeah. possibly on their way to play Kansas City for the championship, which is further my uh, yeah. theory here. Wow. That it's gonna be, gonna be the, the, the one wow. thing that I hate as much as I, I like I would have much rather, I would much have preferred not Kansas City and Baltimore to be the remaining options because all it's going to mean mm-hmm. is that I get to relive one of the past times that the Niners lost the fucking super bowl oh wait sorry by the way harbaugh going to los oh. angeles going back to the nfl which i'm obsessed good. with it's like good luck love with cheating. that jim love cheating that's so fun god, i'm so it's luck, like literally jim. so i i'm i sound like i'm joking but i actually think it's so funny and awesome to see him just like continue to soar after what just happened <laughs> The thing that I do think is hilarious, though, is that, like, he, you know, you know that he really thinks that he can fix the Chargers. And, like, oh, buddy. He he can fix the Chargers. Oh, buddy. You couldn't fix the Niners. I really doubt you can fix the Chargers. 
<laughs> Let's let him cook. I'll tell you what. He's he's one step ahead here because he's going to coach the Chargers, getting away from the NCAA. They don't even know where the Chargers play. They'll be looking for him in San Diego to pair him with a suspension. That's so real. <laughs> oh, That's that is so, so real. real. I, I will what just say San Diego. <laughs> I will just say, you know, it is. I, I have really, over the last couple of years, come to love and appreciate the NFL, which is a fucking insane thing to have happened over the last couple of years. Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't feel great about that, but it's the truth. And so I, I appreciate, you know, I appreciate the NFL playoffs more generally. I think they're fun, and and you know, I, I, I like the drama of it, the drama of it all. But for a long time, my favorite part about the Super Bowl was that it meant that spring training was right around the corner. So true. And it, it, it does feel doubly so now that the Super Bowl is both an omen for spring training and Formula One coming back. And um, for my own personal rooting interest, it also means that college baseball season is so, so close because college baseball also, you know, college baseball always starts like basically the same week as spring training does. So that that week of Valentine's Day, you get pitchers and catchers and college baseball starts. And it's good stuff. It's spring good stuff. is around the corner. We're coming out of the sports desert, folks. And the launch of the casual diehard website. Watch for that in February. Love you. Hey.